This is a HeadGum Podcast. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. I turn them and I just go, Billy, Crystal, if you love the friggin' Tesla so much, you drive the damn thing. And I threw the keys, they hit him in the chest. Uh Did he do it? No. Hey, what up, what up? Welcome back to uh, Hollywood Handbook. What up, y'all? What up, y'all? Y'all feel me? Y'all feel me today? Um, uh, I'm Hayes Davenport. This is Sean Clements. Uh, this is an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet line back hallways of this industry we call showbiz. Um, this is our second episode. It's our second episode. I, I know what you're thinking. Are they going to talk about it? Are they going to not talk about it? Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Um, we took a little bit of a, of a drubbing in uh, media circles from our first episode, which honestly we expected a little bit of because... We did know. We did know that uh, people are going to take their pot shots. Um, yeah, when you swim against a stream, you're going to get wet, is what people say. So. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, we um, have always done things our own way. Mm-hmm. We've always carved our own path. Yeah. And so that a lot of times will result in uh, having to take some licks, having to get bruised up. First one through the wall always gets bloody. So we we, we took all this criticism, and we do want to respond to it. We're not the writer, uh, writer now, performers. Normally, yeah. normally, I don't like to feed the trolls. Right. Uh, I am... Certainly, I'm I'm motivated by my haters, sure. and and they do uh, inspire me. They drive me. Yeah, I think uh, it was Drake, um, one of my favorite rapsters, who said, um, uh, "Haters going on parade while I be chugging lemonade." Uh, I think so that I, was Drake. Yeah, and so I think that's so glug glug that's glug. Sums up what we're doing. We're sitting here glug, chugging glug, lemonade glug, while I'm, haters going on parade. I'm quenching my thirst with delicious lemonade, and the and the haters are having their parade, and we're just yes. gonna we are gonna let them go by, but we're gonna say to them while they walk by, yes, we heard what you said, right, and it wasn't fair. Uh, people, if if anyone lives under a rock, the people mm-hmm. who misunderstood us felt like this podcast was some big friggin' celebrity circle jerk mm-hmm. where we bring on our famous buddies, we help them launch their project and everybody gets everyone gets a piece everyone gets a piece right we share in the profits with them for whatever they want to plug and and we don't say anything negative now me i'm a positive guy i'm so used to living in that positive mental space yes where i tend to focus on what works right in this town which is the best town in the world to live and work in right and they feel like we're not willing to ever get our hands dirty. We're not willing to rake any muck. Right. Now, that's not true. Before we open up yes. the burn journal. Yes. The first thing I think we'd like to say to respond is, we don't have to be doing this. Not at all. Give us a reason to stop, and we'll stop. You don't think Honestly, I walk away from this? the slightest push. You know what I mean? We do this as a favor. Babe... Okay. Let me tell you, there are a lot, a lot more lucrative things I could be doing with my time. And not to say I'm not making a buttload of cash making this podcast, because let's be honest, Mm -hmm. I earned that, Mm -hmm. but I could walk away tomorrow and be right now shooting a movie while writing my book, while selling my haze. New popsicle line that I came out with. Yep. Warm popsicles. Mm-hmm. Nobody's done it except me. Anyway, what we're saying Forget is that. give us a reason. Give us a reason to walk away. And we're out. We'd love to. You want to keep coming at us? You'll see just how fast we disappear. And, yeah. And you don't know what you got till it's gone. And Adam Durwitz said that. Anyway, let's give them what they, they want us to. It's not like we don't have some people in this industry that we don't like. And it's also not like we're scared to talk about them. Uh, unfortunately, that's true. And I'm going to open up the Celebrity Burn Journal right yeah. now. Creep! 
<laughs> Blow on it. <sighs> yep. Okay. Okay. It, it landed on just a random page. Huh, well, it, it, this feels like an easy one in a way uh-huh. um, because everybody thinks these guys' movies is trash. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but they make money, and that's why they're still working. Well, that's why they've still been able to keep. If you're making money around, it's all honey. Barnacles on the side of showbiz, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys, I guess, have guessed who I'm talking about. Uh, it's the Coen Brothers. Well. Let's clarify that because Ethan Ethan is actually nice. a very nice guy. I like Ethan and I've yeah. had I've had really long talks with him mm-hmm. and he is a total sweetheart. Yes. And what it really made me realize is Joel is the one calling the shots. Joel controls everything. Uh Ethan is terrified of Joel. And well, you can see if he hears Joel's voice like over his shoulder just he shudders all of a sudden. Right. We were having a conversation uh, at, a, at uh, the premiere for Premium Rush where he was saying, hey, you know, like maybe we should – he started to whisper. He was like, maybe we should get breakfast sometime. And I was like, why are you whispering, man? Like you want to get breakfast or something? He's like, shut up, shut up. And then Joel hears like somebody talking about breakfast. I love breakfast. Let's all have breakfast. So all of a sudden we're roped into a two-and-a-half-hour uh, monologue over cold eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, Joel made us cold uh, hosted eggs. Hosted by Joel. He insists they're better that way, mm-hmm. and it's just one of his things. And and he just kept going, they're better this way, right, Ethan? And yeah. Ethan would have to go, mmm, yum. Yeah. But you know he didn't like him as much. And yeah. I don't want to say, I don't want to accuse Joel of hitting Ethan, mm-hmm. but he does. He does hit him. We've seen him do it. And it's and here's what makes it s- such a great lesson, and I, I wish this wasn't true, but Ethan's such a pleaser. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, to really make a mark in this town, sure. sometimes you have to be a little bit of a, a B-word. Right. And Hayes has had to do it. Sure. And I've had and to I be a B-word. I hate doing it. I hate, I hate doing it. It makes me sick to that's my not stomach. Why, that's not why I got into this. When I have to pull out a PA and fire him in front of everyone and embarrass him and pull his pants down and give mm-hmm. him a spanking, you know, verbally. Yeah. Uh, in front of you know the whole cast and uh, and all of his friends, mm-hmm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. But it's I not do why it. I got into this business. But it is why I'm going to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, it's why. I Which am... say the word, AB Club. You know? Yeah. Back to you. One more comment. One more. That's all it's going to take. Try us. We should talk about uh, TV a little bit. People, some people were saying last week that we didn't talk about TV enough. Yeah, maybe it felt like it was too close. You know, it's so obvious to us. It's so close to us that uh, we don't. Yeah, TV is. It's an interesting animal in the way that people discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that one thing that's been curious to me is a lot of people are asking, "Hey, which pilots should I watch?" Yeah. Which of all these new shows is the good one mm-hmm. that I should watch? Sure. And it's so funny to me that when you're not inside, you don't just already know, like, right. well, uh, maybe the ones that made it to television are the good right. ones. Yeah, if something gets on, this is what people don't understand. If something gets on TV, it's been vetted at all these different levels. It was written by uh, a, a talented writer. It goes through the studio, a bunch of executives there who are paid for their good judgment, have to sign off on it. From there, it goes to the television network. That's another layer of, uh, of talented people who can recognize a good show. So the shows are all good. They're good if they're on. But we could sort of talk about what, are, what some of the best ones are. Okay. Um, this is a segment we like to do sometimes called uh, Survival of the Funniest, uh, which is of all the funny shows on TV – uh, which ones are are the funniest of the funny? Because uh, TV, it's just like let's, we sometimes say, TV's just small movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's start with um, the Crazy Guys. The Crazy Guys, starring uh, Robert Williams and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. There's a I have a I have a clip actually from the from the trailer. Oh, wonderful! You ready to get serious? Just go get serious. Oh, oh, oh. somebody. Yes. I got him on the ropes. Does he not look gas? Come on, bring it, Gumby. <laughs> Knocked out by a girl. Now, what did you think of this, of this show, Sean? Um, 
Well, I laughed my whole butt off. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, let's think about it more yeah. and go further in. Because I also found a decent amount of heart. Yes. And so sometimes it's not just the funniness yes. that gets it on because there might have been another funny show with Robert Williams that didn't get mm-hmm. made, but it didn't have as much heart. Mm-hmm. Now, in that clip, I believe he's boxing with a robot. Yep. So right there, it's both things. Yes. It escalates to that because for the first few minutes, uh, he's just being the crazy guy like in the title. Like you, he, he gives the people what they want. Uh, he's making your laugh. He's making you laugh your whole butt off. Uh, but then there was that scene in the middle of the second act where he fucked that jar of pennies uh, that really made you circle back and say, like, "Oh, this is like a human being. This is like, yeah, this is that, a guy who has challenges. There's that like relatability. Uh, it's like how you and your friends interact, and like you think of some of the conversations you've had with your dad in the past. Uh, and as he was fucking that jar of pennies, I, I, I thought like he's sort of." Right, like I really knew this character better than when he's just like doing his funny stuff. Also, it's about it's about an old guy uh, who's trying to be like he's trying to keep doing his job, but he's being pushed out so younger people can take his place. Mm-hmm. Which uh, happens. Which happens. It's very sad when that happens. Even in this industry, yes. sometimes they factor in your age and making a decision about whether you're right. Which for is a sad job. because the truth is you should be able to keep doing your job for as long as you want forever. Once you've gotten a job, now that's your job. Yes. And Get so it, it's like whether your young performance people, has yes. fallen off or whether you're less competent or whether the um nature of the job has, you know, sort of left you behind. You should be allowed to keep doing it. And the young people should get a different job. Yeah, or make one up. It was sort of like that movie uh, Trouble with the Curb where um, uh, Clint Eastwood was – he was a baseball scout and he was going blind. Yeah. And, and other wa- people yeah. were saying like, you shouldn't do that job anymore. You can't see. You can't be a baseball scout. But he – He proved, already was a baseball scout. Yeah, he already was a baseball scout and he proved that. Yeah, so um, so that same same sort of message, but again, TV is small movies. Yeah, this is a little shorter, bite size, easier to digest, and uh, I loved it. And stick around for the penny jar fucking scene mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. Let's talk about the Michael J. Forks show. Um, uh, yes, please. I know you had a personal relationship to that that you that you wanted to get out there. Yeah, well, um, I mean, one thing is this show is at last. Mm-hmm. Um, brave. Sh- yes, it's brave very show. brave, and it's showing us it, Parkinson's, yep. which is a real... It's an actual disease. It's an actual disease. Yep, look it up. And it's showing us Parkinson's for what it really is, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it's it, it, it's actually... Pretty f- it, it's it is funny. Pretty funny. Um, and I was saying, yes, I had a personal connection because, yeah, uh, yeah in real life, uh, my... Um, Grandfather had Parkinson's and came to live with us for the last few years of his life. And I uh, would always get home from school first and I would sort of look after him. And he was really deteriorating and uh, sort of also had Alzheimer's and he'd be drawing these schematics. Uh, He had been an engineer and Mm -hmm. he would be drawing these schematics with protractors and rulers for just nothing. I mean, you look at these things. He like would ask for graph paper. You look at these things. They don't make any – you can't build jack squat out of them. And I was like, this guy's a cut-up. And I thought, oh, good, a funny show about Parkinson's. This yeah. will be good. And the the criticism that I've seen levied against it is that perhaps every joke is something Michael J. Fox has said to put people at ease. Yeah. That's gotten a polite chuckle. Sure. And he thought that made it – because a that, joke? Because he's getting laughs, basically, with everything he says. Well, because, like, he's on a bumpy car ride. Yeah. He And he goes, like, yeah, feels normal to me. Right. And I bet there's a point where, like, somebody complained about airplane turbulence or something, and sure. he went, like, uh, yeah, I can't really tell the difference. And it, people went, oh. Right. And uh, he's getting a lot more laughs now than he ever did when he was, like, a mainstream actor. That's right. And so now he thinks, oh, maybe it's time to make the transition into comedy because I'm getting funnier and funnier uh, as my condition worsens. Let's talk about the Goldbergs. Um, this was a show about the wrestler Goldberg as a kid uh, when, when he was growing up in the 80s. 
Um, which yeah. I, that was very funny. It was also very real and uh, familiar. I thought it was. Well, and you see the seeds of how Goldberg will be born. Yes. Like, you, you see where he's going to come from because uh, there's one scene where he, uh, you know, is going to school and he's having trouble with his backpack. And then he just body slams his backpack into the ground, mm-hmm. does a pile driver and sort of flexes and you go like. Oh, they're hinting that he will become Goldberg the wrestler. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting choice to end the episode where Goldberg kills everyone. It's interesting to see where they're going to go from there. Like, he gets really mad and he and he kills everyone. Yeah, I, I yes. I, I thought that was a neat um, sort of twist. And I wonder, yeah, I wonder what's next. Stupid Fun Night. Stupid Fun Night, yes. Uh, Rebel Winslow. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your reaction to that show? Um, well, I thought it was bold. I thought it was brave. Yeah. And I thought that casting Rebel was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But when they also decided to make her best friend a talking dinosaur, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, now I'm listening. You've got my attention. Right. Uh, and... He wound up having some of the best lines. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Same thing. It's brave to see a dinosaur on TV. Well, because people want to... That's real life. Yeah, people want to act like they're never coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can do that all you want. You yeah. know, you can uh, turn a blind Plug eye. Plug your ears and shut your eyes and say, la, 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 you know, like... But if you want to crack a book once in a while, you're going to see that history is cyclical. And so if they were here before, and I think you'll agree they were, they're coming back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trophy Wife was too scary. Uh, Trophy Wife too scary for me. Um, uh, So those are the funniest shows. Um, We're going to be right back. We're going to talk a little about um, something called the VOD revolution. We will explain what that is in the next segment. And uh, we also have a guest. Uh, Blake Anderson from uh, Work of Holics is going to talk with us uh, about the like his his acting and uh, what's next for him and the process that goes into his show. Uh, so we're going to be right back on Hollywood Handbook. Hollywood Handbook. So I just turned on and I go, Troy, Aikman, karaoke's supposed to be fun, buddy. It's all, everything is a, is a, is the Super Bowl with him. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. And that's what I said. Right. He was embarrassed. What up, what up? What up, yo? Welcome back to Hollywood Handbook. Um, uh, this is a segment uh, where we like to look at sort of what's next. It's not all about what's now on this show. Uh, sometimes we like to look at big changes coming in the industry, like uh, the, the technology is always evolving, things yeah, are changing. Yeah, the industry and is evolving. you got to be ahead of it. And we, we, we like to stay up in these things and uh, read the blogs and stuff. And um, we've been reading about something that we think is pretty interesting called uh, Video On Demand, uh, it's, uh, VOD for short. Uh, so this is a segment uh, we like to do called uh, OMG It's VOD. Where we sort of will explain to you kind of what it is. We'll explain what it is, how it works. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think traditionally everyone thinks of, oh, if I'm going to see a movie, that mm-hmm. means I buy a ticket, I go to the theater, um, I you know I sit down in the seat, mm-hmm. watch teasers. I watch, I watch the teasers, you know, and then hopefully I stay and I watch the movie. Mm-hmm. But. They're starting to have a technology in place where you can watch the movie in your house yep. through your TV. Yeah. You have a TV, and you're used to just watching TV on it. TVs for TV, movie theaters for movies. But imagine picking up your remote, hitting the movie button. Imagine, And we're not talking about getting thousands of dollars worth of projection equipment like right. Hayes and I have in our home sure. to watch movies yes. just when we're screening sure. you know our latest previously when you've watched movies in a home it's been like you've had to go over to your rich neighbor's house mm-hmm. and had him rub it in your face as he uh yes, as he, he has spools, all these spools uh, spools the film onto the projector and and you know you hear the clicking and clacking of sure. the sort of film 
moving. And this is none of that. This is literally through your television. Yes. And it's also not, this is what I thought at first, it's not a, a bunch of TV shows put together. Uh, it is, it's like a whole movie like you see in a movie. movie theater. It's not three or four TV shows and, strung together. And I'd like to say, why are we talking about this? Mm-hmm. It's not happening yet. Well, no, not today mm-hmm. and not tomorrow. Right. But in 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. I think you're going to find that a lot of homes are yeah. going to be using VOD once or twice a year. And it'll change movies, too. Movies now are for the big movie houses, but like in the future, they're going to have to be designed to be watched in somebody's house. Uh, so they'll yeah. have to change. They can't put a big transformer or whatever on a... They can't put a robot that size on a little because screen he won't like fit that. on that TV. Yeah. It's going to have to be more shows about small guys. Yeah. It's going to be more um, shows about gnomes and... Mm-hmm. Bugs. Uh, yeah, and there'll be more bug movies, which was a hot thing for a little while and I think died out because mm-hmm. they didn't play on movie screens. You kind of couldn't see them. Mm-hmm. But now I think we're going to see more of those. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some of the movies. We actually have gotten uh, advanced copies of some of these VOD projects mm-hmm. and um, we've gotten these special smart TVs uh, yeah. um, that are in beta testing. And this is some of the stuff that we've been enjoying on there that you can look forward to when you get your VOD in yeah. the future. Um, there's a movie that I really enjoyed last night uh, called uh, Good Neighbors. Uh, spelled uh, Neighbors spelled with B-O-U-R-S because it's made in Canada. And it's oh. a horror movie starring Jay Baruchel. And here, here's, a, here's a little clip that I pulled from it last night. I'm so sorry. It's pitch black outside. You're coming home by yourself, and I just leap out. I saw him walking outside that night. Very scary movie from the the king of screams, Jay Baruchel. That sounds too scary to me. But what I do like about it is to see him really stretch. And even in that clip, you can hear, I was like, is that really Jay? Yeah. Because I'm used to seeing him be sort of... Nebishi. Yes, yeah. Nebishi and uh-huh. apologetic. Kind of like and a, in this, a shrinking violet milk toast type. Yeah, and in this, he's kind of a badass. Yeah. So I can't recommend it because too, too scary, scary. Yeah. But, you know, if you're a crazy person and you like that kind of stuff, when is Hollywood going to learn? We don't want to be scared. That's so crazy to me. They just keep losing money giving these pervert freak directors... Cash to make these movies. Yeah. They're designed not to entertain, but to scare. What are some of the other uh, movies on, well, there's on, the, a movie, on the VOD system? The movie that I that jumped out to me as, ooh, I got to check this out, was, and I'm going to actually sing the title of this because I think it's a very clever title, and oh, I think wow. it, it it's Bone in the USB. Oh. Born in the USB. Born in the USB, starring Chow Yun-Fat and Nancy Kerrigan as two, uh, you know, uh, unlikely lovers who get shrunk down and stuck inside a computer. So they get shoved in through the USB port Mm -hmm. into... Into a computer, and they have to get along. They're bickering at the beginning and navigate because he's kind of a prissy, you know, Chow Yun Fat, sort of a prissy, aristocratic, uh, yeah. rich, um, spoiled brat. And then uh, Nancy Kerrigan's playing kind of a hippie, kind of like a wild hippie who's like, hey, man, just go with the flow, man. And he's like, I can't go with the flow. The GD microchip is stuck in the logic board, just almost took my noggin off. And it's so it's fun and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also is sort of um, you get very invested in their romance and you wind up really rooting for them to get out of the computer and wanting them to be together. And they ultimately don't. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it and are going to watch it, they don't get out of the computer, but they do have a baby. And then you realize that's where the title actually comes from because that baby is born in the mm-hmm. USB. Mm-hmm. The B is for baby. 
Well, it's a USB port. Like a United States baby. I guess it's both. Uh, I saw something I thought was uh, a really nice movie. Um, it's called Three Pointers. Uh, uh, David Allen Greer uh, uh, is he's the he's the star point guard of the San Diego Sandmen. Uh, it's a basketball team, hmm. uh, and he's a stud on the court, but he's sort of a dud in the dating game. Uh, until he is uh, dispatched to the moon Pandora on a unique mission. Uh, and he starts to feel sort of torn between like following his orders uh, and protecting this new world that he sort of is starting to feel like is his home. Uh, and I don't want to give too much of it away, but um, Danica Patrick plays the <clears throat> big alien. And um, to see... Somebody like David Allen Greer, uh, who I have actually heard from somebody who made it, did not know that he was in this movie, uh, go through this experience of uh, going to this new land and like seeing it all for the first time and really genuinely thinking it's real, uh, like, it, it, you know, it got me, honestly. Uh, I, I cried a lot. Oh, yeah. You were busting up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, I did bust up in a in a sad way. In a sad way, yeah. So that's uh, OMG. It's VOD. That's OMG. It's VOD. Look forward to that in the future. Yeah, uh, we're gonna be right back. We have a we have a great guest. Uh, uh, Blake Henderson from Work of Holics is here. Um, he's gonna be taking your questions. He's gonna talk about how he likes to relax, uh, sort of get out of the hustle and bustle of Hollywood. It's a really nice conversation, I think. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really happy with it, and I actually found myself uh, taking more away from it than I thought I I would. Uh, so that's coming up very soon on Hollywood Handbook. Bobby uh, McFerrin, he did a he did a good job on this. this well, song. He, yeah, I mean the guy's got a gift for sound. Didn't even, no we, and and we didn't even ask him. Just like we asked him not to do it. What up? What up? What up? What up? Welcome back to Hollywood Handbook. Um, we're here with our guest uh, Blake Henderson. How are you? Uh, from Workaholics, of course. Hey, and other. Other titles, and we don't gotta go into the whole I mean, list. The list goes on and on and on, doesn't it, boys? <laughs> and you know this this is an exciting guest for us to have because Sean, you 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 have a relationship with Blake. Yeah, I got a personal connection to this one. I mean, I have a personal connection to basically everybody in this sure. friggin' town. Uh, <laughs> right, it goes beyond. Looks like friendship a, and looks yeah. like a big city. Uh, feels like a small town. It is a small town, doesn't it? Yes. My goodness, people talk. And uh, but. Uh, Blake, I actually probably see more than most. Mm-hmm. I see him more than my freaking more family. than your own <laughs> mom. Yeah, yeah right. Than my, more exactly. than my mommy. Yeah, he's my guy over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy. But we uh, work for Workaholics. We uh, sure do. That's kind of my my DJ right now. My day job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and it's more than that. You know. Oh, it's like a it's like a family almost. It does say. feel like a family, and everyone has their sort of. Family role. Yeah, they that's sure something I've do. always wondered about. Speaking as like an outsider to the writers' room of the, you know, I come in to do like ADR and stuff. But like for the from a writing perspective, I always wonder because each writers' room has like their roles separated sure out. So like for you guys, what what does each writer do on the on the show? Well, you know, Sean and myself, we kind of are the uh, room daddies. Okay. We call it. Yeah, we're 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 fathers of the room for sure. Um, you know, it's just a it's a it's a commanding role. You, yeah. I think people look towards us for the answers almost. Not always fun, I'm sure. Well, you know, being a dad comes with its perks and its setbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be able to take the belt off and spank your babies every once in a while. And yeah. You know, that's a fact. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you get uh, you get first choice on the lunch menu uh, because you're the daddy. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, when backs against the wall and uh, production needs the script yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, who do you think uh, who do you think has to take their belt off and spank their babies? That's right. That's right. And you know, the other thing that can be tough is as much as you get in a little bit over your head. You don't ever want to be able to. You, you can't cry, right? You know. Whereas you know, uh, other writers in the room are 
are shed in tears, you kind of got to be the strong guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've seen every other writer in the room cry mm-hmm. uh, once a week. Yeah, at least. Wow. Uh, and that's just the, t- the tension of making a hit TV show. It ain't easy. What about uh, story stuff? I'm sorry. Fanboy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, what go ahead. Uh, uh, I get this all the time. Go ahead. Uh, story. It, it is a story-driven show, I think, and stuff like when... Um, like Durs gets stuck in the tub and stuff like that. Yeah, like, sure. w- like who who comes up with that stuff? Um, you know the good ones probably Sean and myself. Okay. Uh, the bad ones that's more of the other guys. Yeah. Not to name names, but you know Adam and Durs. Adam and Durs. Sure. Yeah, they they come up with some pretty dumb stuff. Whereas and Dom Dierkus is on the show too, right? He's uh... he is right. <laughs> Yeah, he technically does still work there, and and he has an interesting role that he's carved out for himself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, primarily, uh, he, I guess, knows Donald Glover. Right. Yes, actually, that's kind of why we've been. I mean, he's been on the show for how long? I think we've kept him around about two or three seasons. I don't know. We mm-hmm. tried to cut him loose one of them, but I guess he comes with Sean. They're like a package. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, he has a he has an in with uh Donald Glover. The rapper. The rapper, yeah. yeah. Child Gambino, he's mm-hmm. something else. Uh but yeah, uh we're just kind of trying to you know, he, he says whole... he can get Donald on the show right. and he said, "Oh, I I'll, I'll talk to him, we'll do a guest star." And normally uh I think twice now you guys have Walked into a room to fire Dom. Yes, and he will go. Oh, Donald just left. Right. Uh, uh, hang on. Uh, I'm gonna go get him. I didn't realize you guys were coming in, and uh, and it sort of buys him another week. Yeah, and he has these voice recordings and things of Donald, like saying he's on his way and all that, and you know, they sound real. Yeah, they sound potentially like they've been spliced together from mm-hmm. just a series of. Community episodes uh, right. where he's just gotten and wrapped and assembled them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's enough to keep him going. And the kid brings bagels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does. <laughs> that he does. Somebody's do? gotta somebody's gotta bring the bagels. How are you gonna? You know, how are you gonna do the show without bagels? I don't know. I wouldn't suggest it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of roles, and I actually have a question. Uh, when you were interviewing writers for the show how many joke beasts did you meet versus how many story hounds Mm, well see that's the thing is is we kind of got the show because we're just adam durs and myself we're we're a pack of joke beasts it's like Mm -hmm. you know you you see us i'll vouch for that (laughs) yeah you see us coming uh a mile away we're just a we're a rabid little pack and if anything we can just Mm-hmm. Those are jokes, firing jokes back popping, and forth, yeah. and and I think Comedy Central saw that and they said, "Whoa, uh, <laughs> how do we string these together into a story? Mm-hmm. We need a story hound, mm-hmm. of course." And that's where we kind of set out, and you know, we were given our showrunner Kevin Etten, Etten, and uh, he's uh, yeah, he's more of a story hound. And then you know, of course, we got our daddy Sean, and then Dom came with him and. And, you know, the rest is his story, Mm. not her story. We don't make show for chicks. Sorry. But. It's Mimby's job. We do really understand them. Yes, that's for Mimby. Mimby makes the chick show. (laughs) She sure does. And then you flip back over. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can watch Workaholics. And if you're a guy. You're going to get some giggles. As long as you're watching Durs, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, He's on both shows. Is he? Oh, he used to be. Wow. Um, I always sort of wonder about, you know, you got a show on TV. It's a lot of work. You have to work on it every day. Sucks. I know. When you get that chance to uh, to have some time off, how do you? How do you? Do you like to get out of the city? Do you like to? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, we all, you know, have our destination spots. Um, I'm a huge fan of a. V- of a small island right off the coast of Long Beach, Catalina. And boy, is it a getaway. You know, during my time, I, I spent some time at CSULB. Um, uh-huh. I didn't graduate, but I did take walks from the campus, and I would just kind of look 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 out, out on the horizon, and, and there it was, 
Catalina, and I said, someday I'm going to make it in the in this city, and I'm going to escape this hustle and bustle, and I'm going to get out there, and boy, if I haven't been there once, and wow. Wow. It is just extreme relaxation. What? Are, and you were saying you love the food there. The food is great. Uh, the fish, the chips, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, they have... Are you uh, you know Blue Bunny ice cream? Uh yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't been able to. My goodness, it is something else. Yeah, it is delicious. But I'm telling you, it is quite an island, and it's it is not far away from Long Beach. A lot of us we say it's just a cum shot away, isn't it? Oh, that's a fun. Yeah, that's a fun expression. Yeah, well, and it paints a picture for you, doesn't it? Of how close it is. <laughs> yeah, not only is it close, but you know, you're you know, you're gonna have a good time out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. and the boat ride's fun too. <laughs> yeah, quite the bloody Mary. Oh, you, you're doing the boat again because I know you were doing the chopper for a little while. <laughs> yeah, you know, the chopper got to be a little. I felt pretentious, and you know, I. I like to be down with the people. And I like the boat ride. I like to take a little time to get over there because the boat ride is part of the unwinding experience. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're out on the waves, you go on the back of the bow, you look out there and you're like, wow, this, I think, is part of our ocean. Mm -hmm. You know? And it lets you prep because I think it's a culture shock to take the helicopter. A little bit. Where the second you step off, you go, okay, people are too relaxed around here. I'm not used to this. Right. I'm jumping right out of the the fucking zoo that is Long Beach and hopping right into, you know, a Jimmy Buffett song. And it can be a it can be a culture shock for sure. What do you do about my issue sometimes? I like to go up to wine country when I get that time mm-hmm. off. But sure, I find sure, sure. sometimes... Like, I've just gotten there, and I'm picking that first grape, getting ready to settle into my vacation. And just as it's about to hit my lips, I hear that Uh Uh You know that sound. (laughs) Okay. You know what that is. It sounds like your agent. (laughs) That's a call saying, oh, uh... Emergency, direct the Hobbit, like stuff like that. Oh, uh-huh. Jesus! Uh, and I, as, it feels like as soon as I'm there, I'm on my on my way back. What do you do about? What do you do with your phone? I guess uh, the phone stays home. Okay. Wow. The laptop doesn't. Okay? Uh, okay. And that's where we have technology now, where I can direct command my soldiers from. A Skype situation. Yeah. People are doing that more and more these days. I've heard about that. Yeah. I heard that. Uh, the Who's the gentleman? Wes Anderson yeah. directed that whole little Fox movie from a laptop. And I'm like, well, I think I could do that with workaholics. And you mm-hmm. just train your workers to respect the screen. You know? Oh, okay. And just you have carved out times. Once a day, you're going to go and, and hit it. And I do the same thing. You guys know when I have a chance to get away, sure. I go to Altadena. Of course, um, it's gorgeous. Yeah, where just I can can just shut it all off mm-hmm. and just pretend that I'm not, you know, pretend that I'm not being relied upon. Right, uh, you know that that uh, hundreds of people's jobs isn't dependent upon uh, sure, right. me showing up and delivering every GD day. <laughs> ain't that fun to pretend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a nice little fantasy. Um, uh, nowhere near the truth, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, should we reach back into the in the popcorn gallery for? We'd uh, love to reach into the popcorn. Oh, that gallery sounds like fun. I'm actually a big fan of this. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is our segment where uh, we we take questions from our listeners and we ask. Uh, we ask our guests. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. part of the reasons I love your guys' show mm-hmm. is you are so open to, you know, reaching out to the fans and listening to them. It's very it's very fresh. It's very new. It's it's cool. Where are the fans, buddy? All right? Yeah. Save it. To, <laughs> you know, let us do that. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Uh, so let's reach into the popcorn bag. Okay. Uh, Another question. This is actually the same question from uh, from last week. We didn't from, get a lot uh, of questions not... from the popcorn gallery this yep. week, and mm. that's okay because we had sure. such a good one last week that I think we might just use it from now on. And uh, so this question comes again from Bird Rules, mm-hmm. and he wants to know, Blake, how do you get into the funny zone? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, hmm. That's a great question. Uh, you know, I... Uh... And I don't know if this is every, – every comedian is not this way. But I know for me, I never leave it, mm. okay? 
The whole oh. thing is I don't want to ever not be on my toes, okay? I'm always ready to be joking. I always was that. For my family growing up, I was the guy you look towards for a little relief, you know? That's interesting to hear because mm-hmm. I sometimes find like if I stay too long in the funny zone, I start to things get start getting a little hairy. You know sure. what I mean? Uh, hey, speaking of hair, <laughs> <laughs> Blake has unusual hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google Google image that. You're gonna get a kick out of it if you're unaware of what I look like. But yeah, so would you say that you? suffer at all for being in the funny zone too long or uh do you need to are you sort of throwing yourself up against the walls of the funny zone sometimes trying to go i need a break I just, mm-hmm. you know because tapping it, a tin cup on the somebody at, at home maybe they get to turn workaholics off right. after yes. a half an hour but for you it keeps playing in your head all day mm-hmm. it does and I, I it does get tiresome um I find that I can't enjoy, you know, serious movies or, you know, books or anything like that. If I'm not if I'm not giggling, you know, it's just it's tough to be that guy all the time. Right. Mm. You know, and that's kind of why when I go to Catalina, you know, to bring it back to there, the the people aren't aren't hey, what do you what let me hear a joke. They they respect you out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Everybody's there for the same reason. To drive around in golf courts to drive around in golf carts yeah. I said courts mm-hmm. hey well you were thinking of the tennis courts <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I wasn't um, but uh, just to drive around in golf carts absorb the air and just you know let's turn our funny buttons off mm-hmm. you know does it affect your uh, relationships at all sometimes being in the funny zone that much uh, you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to by the way we, we can. no I'm an, I'm an open book and I'm willing to talk about anything. But, yeah, uh, initially I was losing a lot of relationships to the fact of, you know, it came down to this a lot of nights. Me saying, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a joke. It's a joke, you idiot. And then them crying, 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 crying. And it's like, I'm joking at all times. Mm-hmm. Never take what I say seriously. Unless I say, like, you know, it, there's obvious things. If I'm telling you I love you, it's probably not a bit. Okay. Unless it would be funny for you to love this particular person. Right. If it's funny, then yes. I don't actually love you. It's a joke, love. Then he's being funny. And Thank it's so you. easy to see the difference if you just have a brain in your head and then yeah. uh, here's the second step. You got to use it. Right. But if I'm there and you're dating me and I start making fun of your sloppy titties, it's a joke. It's to make us both laugh at each other. Yeah, why don't you enjoy that? Yeah, you your, know? Yeah, your food tastes like shit. I'm joking. Sure, there's truth in all comedy. But oh, the there's under- got to be a kernel of truth. Yeah. Sure. Why would you be saying it tastes like shit if it were really good? Right. You know, Parts, be, that's what's funny about it. But something about it made right. me think, well, this tastes like shit. But I'm just joking. Right? Yeah. And she knows it's not good food. Right. right. And why'd you start dating me if you weren't ready to fucking laugh your ass off 24-7, baby, and to get your world rocked by my world-famous hard-on? <laughs> and that's what I tell them. I say, that's usually my, my introduction line, pardon the hard-on, come and get it. Right? You fellas know. I have heard you say that. Yeah. Yeah. And usually if you hear it, you're getting it. I don't take no for an answer. That's a great that's a great lesson for but for our listeners that you yeah. shouldn't you shouldn't be willing to take no for an answer. No. Now I had another How do you think I got what I got? I didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, if the friggin' door was locked, you went in through the window. Thank you. And that's and that's just that. And and I, I had another question about what sort of inspires you because I know a lot of I know you've talked a lot about in the room, uh sorry to bring this up, but sort of latter day Tim Allen Sure projects. <laughs> sure. Being your ideal. Yes. Yes. Um I think just following his career path is one of the wisest choices you can make. I mean, look at the guy. He 
he started as a stand-up comedian, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got your core fans. You're always mm-hmm. going to have that. And then, you know, he he took the role the, of what – he was a bad boy. And then you throw him in the role of a dad. Hmm. Okay, I'm already watching, you know. I'm already interested. How's this guy going to be a dad? Turns out he's pretty good at it. Yeah. Isn't he? And you start to love this guy. Next thing he gets, Santa Claus? What? Come on. You've gone from a bad boy to a dad to Santa. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Now I'm really interested. How is the most lovable character in all of American society <laughs> going to be basically this bad boy? And you're laughing all the way, you know? And you're laughing all the way. All the way to the bank, too. My goodness, the man is probably rich as all get out. And I've never met him, but I bet he'd like me. Uh, I, I can hear the, the scoop troop. Uh, like drooling over over some some hot scoops. So we oh should, uh, yeah, we they we, do. We, we, we gotta. We always like to have our guests plug the projects that are maybe not the mainstream projects. We all know Work of Hulk's going to come back. That's going to be in January. Of whatever. Course. It's Work of Hulk, by the way. But mm-hmm, okay. And, and and what I think we really want to know is what else you got on your on your plate there. Mm, boy. Um. Well, some things in development. Uh. I've been going out a lot to comedy shows. I'm not getting on stage, but I've had my eyes open, and and I'm watching these shows. There's a lot of college-themed ones. There's African-American nights. Um, but what I'm what I'm seeing is lacking, and what I think I bring to table, uh, the table, uh, is is that that X Games factor, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe. And I have the goofy hair, okay, for a reason. What about, and hear me out, Nardogs of Comedy Tour? Okay. Wow. I think uh-huh. I, I think I've heard you talking to your manager about this yes. before. The, the original Nardogs of Comedy yes, Tour. Yes, 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 you've heard right. I can see it working, but I think it would depend... Obviously, on who you get. Of course, of course. And I've, I've reached out to a few people. I mean, I, I definitely want to get Sean White in there, mm-hmm. uh, the ex-gamer. Not necess- he can do comedy if he wants. He can mm-hmm. also He's just kind of tell stories of his experiences on the road. Sure. I tell him, as long as you have a story, you've got a routine. Mm-hmm. You know, It doesn't have to be knock-knock jokes up there. Just I'm sure your life is funny. Just talk about it. Right. And, he, and he doesn't have to write his stuff because if you sort of put him on a snowboard on wheels yeah. and you have him roll out and like be, be puffing a little reefer oh, sure. well, and course. then have somebody Safely be like... Safely and not like the real stuff. Like, you know, not, no, but actually, not actually doing a it. A candy oh, cigarette, yeah. but have him going <laughs> right. like, this is reefer. Right. Yeah. And yes. then somebody that, comes yes. in like snatches his gold medal off or whatever sure. and he goes, hey, whoops, <laughs> wait a minute. It's like, that is enough. Sure. Yeah. Even just that would be enough. Yeah, that's pretty gnar. Um, also, I've been, you know, I've reached out a couple of the jackass dudes, of course, Natural Fit, uh, mm-hmm. Party Boy, Chris Pontius, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure how to spell it, but that's, I'm pretty sure how you say it. Yeah. Very funny. I'd love to get him. Um, I can if, talk to, I know, like uh, Preston Lacey. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah. Can talk to him. He's uh, the heavyweight gentleman? Yes, yeah, yes. he's very funny. Very, mm-hmm. very funny. I love to watch him run and mm-hmm. wear underwear and stuff. That's always a good time. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I've been talking to all sorts. Nick Swartzen, I would wow. love to have him on there. The college kids just eat him up, sure. don't they? Pretty yeah. gnar. Yeah, he's a gnar dude. He's a gnar dude. I've spent time with him, and he's quite, quite the gnar guy. Uh, does he ever uh, go into uh, Bucky Larson around you? <laughs> he doesn't. And I ask him, and I ask him, and I beg for it, but he does not. Well, uh, that's how you that's that's how you keep them paying for it. Right? Yeah, is the good stuff you got to pay to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. You got to get. Yeah, I, I mean, nobody wants to just be doing anything for free in this town anymore. I remember when it wasn't like that, but it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's good. I think it's good for the. It is good, better. It makes good for the industry. Yeah, it makes more sense. Get yeah. some value on it. it. Sure. Because otherwise, everything's just fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Internet bullshit. Free internet bullshit. I'm done with it. Give me the paychecks. I worked hard for this. I was making YouTube videos for upwards of two <laughs> years. 
and I'm cashing out. And people got to put in that kind of work. Kids out yes. there who've only been making YouTube videos for a month or two, mm-hmm. be patient. It might take two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden, everybody thinks they're Fred Friggle Rock or whatever, you know? It must have been tough. You're watching all your other YouTube friends uh, just get scooped up one by one yeah. while you're, you're still working away on these things. You're thinking, is it ever going to happen? Sure. Me? Which brings us back to Dom and Donald, and we're mm-hmm. like, excuse me, hello, there's mail-order comedy over here. Mm-hmm. We appreciate what Derek's doing, but come on, we've got the wizards. Fuck. What do we need? What else can we do? And ultimately, you didn't have to do anything else. We didn't. Luckily, you know, just got lucky, <laughs> you know? Fuck. Didn't really do anything. To get well, what we got. I, I always like to say, luck is just a four-letter word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure is, amongst other things. It's a cliche for a reason. Sure is. Yeah. Well, Blake, thanks so much for uh, for coming. Oh. We know you're busy, and uh, it really, uh, we yeah, really appreciate you coming out. And, you're running off to do an appearance right after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amoeba Music. I'm like doing a little DJ set, I think, mm-hmm. or something. Probably, you know. Well, figure it out when you get there, right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my thing. That's how I came into this. Yeah, seat of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, anything that I get wound up, you know where I go to chill out. Catalina, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Rate us on thank iTunes. You for listening, rate Talk us on, on the iTunes. Forums, uh, subscribe to our pro version. What do we have? What are our pro version features this week? Oh, uh, if, if you subscribe to the pro version this week, uh, you get a special set of um, Hayes and Sean boudoir picks. Mm-hmm. Um, just the two of us uh, in various uh, seductive poses and um, yeah. uh, bearskin rugs, the whole nine. Tasteful, but like. Tasteful, sometimes but not really so tasteful gross. that you yeah. can't get, get off on it. Um, and uh, also, I believe that we will send you a free bottle of Teyava unsweetened iced tea mm. uh, if you subscribe the, to the pro version. Uh, uh, the bottle. Yes, one bottle. We will have drank it. Yeah. And then you get the bottle. Right. So uh, please do subscribe. It and we'll just also doesn't ha- have cost nervously to to kind of torn the label off while we. Yeah, we'll be uh, thumbing at it and sort of have the label off. So just trust us. It is Teyava, but it's going to basically just look like a bottle, and uh, and we wash it out, so you can't really smell the iced tea. Um, but anyway, uh, it just doesn't cost enough to listen to us. So please do subscribe to that. And yep. uh, bye, everybody. Bye. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. EarwolfRadio.com The Wolf Dead. That was a HeadGum Podcast.